1: Today I got a really cool guest, Thomas Sylvest. He got a master in pharmaceutical sciences. I think I said that almost correct. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough, man. And he co-founded a company called Ökulyst, which produced some really good juice, which you're also going to hear more about later as well, because there is a difference on what kind of juice that you actually get. So I'm really excited because I've uh, been hanging out with Thomas several times and he is a big source of knowledge and he has a really incredible story of overcoming some really hard things. So uh, Thomas, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you, Mass. Thank you
0: for taking the time to talk to me and yeah. So how's your boxing training
1: at the moment? Yes, well, I just started some <laughs> boxing training. Not the best when you talk to biohacking, but, but it's a lot of fun, and I'm getting in much better shape, and I'm doing it with my brother, which is really nice as well, ah. a good chance to see him some more.
0: Perfect, perfect.
1: But that will be another episode. I might actually interview my uh, my trainer, okay, yeah. who is very much into uh, some of these things as well, mm. both uh, Jon and, and Loco, that might be listening to this later as well.
0: Cool, cool. Just
1: watch your head, watch yeah. your head. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be careful. Good, good. So, but we're going to talk a little bit about your history, because you've been going through a lot of different things. Mm. So, uh, where do we start?
0: So, I could say that my, my passion is to help other people understand and using their body to achieve their goals. So, I have been through uh, a lot of sickness. Since I was 3 years old, I was diagnosed with a uh, disease called rheumatoid arthritis, actually juvenile, so I was a
1: a small child back then. What does that disease do, just for people that don't know what it is?
0: Yeah, of course. So the the disease is, um, is described by many doctors by the disease that doesn't kill you, but makes your life very miserable. So it's one of the worst diseases to get. Yeah, but it it hits the joint, the joint lining. So um, every joint has a small lining, and the body attacks the lining of the joint, so it creates inflammation, redness, swollen joints, and pain. Very very painful. Yeah. So so that that hit me primarily in my my hands and my my wrists and my knees my jaw so every time I chewed food and every time also in my chest so every time I took a breath I also had pain so, so that was a very harsh start to my life and mm. of course very difficult to handle for my parents also and, and for my, my little brother uh, also uh, at that time so um, yeah and actually I needed because they also hit my ankles so I had to I had to be on and off a wheelchair for about ten years, so that was um, that was tough. And also, not just the rheumatoid arthritis, but other chronic diseases piled up over the years. So I also had inflammatory bowel disease and inflammation in my right eye, which I actually lost the sight of my my right eye and also uh, rosacea in, in the
1: face. And, and what's rosacea?
0: And rosacea is, um, so when you have inflammation in different parts of the body, they just give the disease a different name. so But it's the same underlying process. So it's inflammation in the tissue, whether it's the eye or the, the, the gut or the, the joint lining. So they have different diagnosis to put a label on you, to so everybody, so all the doctors can know what is going on and what is uh, what is the the deal with the, with this disease.
1: Mm. And you've been getting a lot of medicine.
0: I've received all the med- medication you can you can for this disease. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I've been in in a great number of experiments with the gold injections and with the. With many type of alternative medicines for the rheumatoid arthritis it also takes a toll on your body to receive all the the medications so so when you have had the inflammation for longer period of time then uh, many of the symptoms are not just from the disease but also symptoms from from the drugs so that is very complicated mm. and when you start a drug then typically you'll need another drug to combat the the adverse effect of the first drug and so on so on so i was uh, probably at my worst i was having 10 or 12 different medications ranging from the non-steroid inflammatory drugs to prednisolone to proton inhibitors for the for the stomach acid And also uh, different medications to turn down the immune system. Mm. So it's not so uh, reactive towards the disease.
1: Yeah. But today you're feeling a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, luckily. (laughs) How how was that journey of being in the system and a lot of helpful doctors wanting to help you but still not getting the results?
0: Yeah, it's been a very long journey. And I have nothing against the healthcare system in, in, as a general. It's filled with people that they're, they're, they love their jobs, they care about the people um, they take care of, and they take their jobs seriously, they do the research. But unfortunately, they are not trained in the root cause of the disease as much as they're trained in using medicine to treat the symptoms of the, the disease so that paradigm is a bit difficult to get rid of keep in mind i was also a part of this paradigm as my education as a master in pharmaceutical sciences i had i had the hope that someday a medicine would save me would make my disease a lot better but actually that day never came mm. and i just got worse with more medication and I was confused I was very confused and I was very um I was very scared back then around 5 5 years ago I was scared that I won't live so long that I won't be able to start my family that I couldn't keep a job for the future mm. so that was a very scary time it's a very scary disease because the inflammation can come and go based on how stressed you are, uh, what is your, your lifestyle in general, your, your eating habits and so on. So it's, um, it's a very, um, and you, you will develop some psychological difficulties also. So I, I struggle a lot with anxiety and, and, uh, and mild depression also in that tough period. So I was, I was not able to get out of bed almost.
1: Mm.
0: So that, that's how worse it were. Yeah so so of course I asked the doctor uh, what can I do and I've did, I've did that many times I've done that many times but this time I really meant it. Yeah. So so actually I was I was I was sitting at the doctor's office and I was crying. I was crying and asking him what what could I do about this? So he uh, he said there was nothing uh, I could do and uh, I should not punish myself by becoming a vegetarian. So, but... Um, but it's a hard claim.
1: Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a very hard claim. But it's super difficult like to go to the, t- to the doctor and just be told there's nothing you can do. Mm, yeah. Like you're going to have to live the rest of your life on and off in the bed. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It was very hard, but but of course there are something you can do by yourself. Yeah and no one has ever told me about the root cause of the inflammatory disease and of course everything has uh, a root cause so um, i took it on myself to finding this root cause and looking uh, uh, of course on the internet for persons for people communities having success in dealing with my kind of disease in a in a natural way, in a, in where there is not so much focus on medicine, but more focus on giving the body the right conditions to heal itself. Mm.
1: Yeah. And this is something that's happening with a lot of diseases. That we're treating the symptoms instead of the root cause. And a lot of people are being told, so you might be listening and have been to the doctor as well, being told, like, there's nothing you can do. But we are finding all of these miracles where people look at the root cause, figuring out whether it's food, um, air, stress, and so on, and mm. people actually get healthy again. Yeah. So that was the journey you went on. It's it's fantastic. It's a very difficult journey because
0: first you have to shift your paradigm from the medicine to the the natural <laughs> healing. Yeah. And to be honest, it's really a jungle out there when it comes to battling chronic inflammation. So there are 20 plus different diagnoses concerning inflammation in the body. And there are many approaches to, uh, to healing this in a natural way. So, But it was very important for me that the way I chose was a way that was Back by back by science, and that I could trust the people that provided the protocols for me to uh, to do the diet intervention and the, the lifestyle in, in general uh, intervention.
1: So I. Um, so how do you start the journey? And, like, actually, I. So you go to a doctor, and of course, you've been researching throughout the years. But then you're so like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And you're like, fuck that shit. There must be something I can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Actually, I watched uh, one late evening, I watched a documentary uh, on Netflix. I think it's called Hungry for Change. It's these uh, health gurus talking about what to eat and what to drink and uh, how to uh, reverse your mind spiritually to, to get the stress down and to, in general, to optimize your digestive system and so on. So that was a very inspiring uh, a bit cheeky but very inspiring uh, documentary. So I watched this and I the next day I bought a juicer a, yeah. a slow juicer. And then I started just juicing everything. And I also started making some some small squeaks to my diet. But when I look back now I made I made probably all the mistakes that people would would make on a diet change like that. So I I blended raw broccoli, raw kale. I used a lot of... And why is that a problem? That's a very interesting question. So when you're eating raw vegetable, when you have a digestive system that is compromised, then you cannot break down the plant fibers as good. So then it will put more stress on your digestive system to eat those uncooked vegetables. So it's, it's better to wait
1: till your digestive system is stronger. And how do you know whether your digestive system is strong enough to eat that raw broccoli?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's also a good question. But first of all, you need to look at your poop. So
1: are your poop in, in a good shape, so to speak? And people that haven't heard about this before might be <laughs> thinking, that's really weird. Okay. <laughs> I had an interview with Sophia as well. Who does these microbiome tests? Oh, and yeah. so there's this scale actually where you can look at your poop and see how you're uh, how you're doing. Mm. So I think there's seven different ways your poop can look like, but it actually gives <laughs> yeah. you uh, pretty good feedback on uh, on how you're doing, right? Exactly. It's one of the most important things to track when you're
0: on this this kind of healing journey. Is how's is your poop looking because it reflects how your digestive system is breaking down the food and it tells you something about how how many nutrients you are absorbing. So um, you, you really have to be careful not to uh, to do so much raw in, in the beginning.
1: So if your poop has this firm condition, then it's all right to get the raw broccoli. But if it's totally uh, floaty, you can thank me later for getting these images yeah. in your head for the <laughs> listeners here. Uh, then that's when you shouldn't get the raw broccoli or... or
0: Yeah, and and feel. Typically, your your kind of inflammatory disease tells you how your digestive system is doing. So in my case, I could feel in my joints when I eat too much raw vegetables or if I eat too uh, acidic foods. So I get some kind of feedback from the system.
1: So what what do you do to the to the vegetables? So for example, the broccoli or the kale.
0: Yeah. So you, you steam it. Best you pressure cook it. So the pressure cooking will uh, remove many of the anti-nutrients in the in the plant matter. And anti-nutrients. What is that? Yeah. It's a, it's small uh, components that bind to other nutrients in your. So let's say you eat a some broccoli and you you eat a big steak. So the, the iron from the steak, uh, you would like to, uh, to uh, get that into your body. But some of the anti-nutrients from the vegetable will bind this iron and just you poop this out. Yeah. So you, 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 the bioavailability of the iron is not so big when you have these kind of anti-nutrients.
1: Yeah. So, so pressure cook it. Or steam it,
0: steam it, yeah, or just boil it. Normal, uh, normal boiling will also uh, do the trick.
1: Yeah. So. But there's also something that you can over boil the vegetables, right? So you lose some of the nutrition.
0: Yeah, you can. Some nutrition will get more bioavailable, bioavail- but some will uh, diminish. So vitamin C, of course, you will lose that. But the calcium, let's say in in spinach, you will. Take that up more easily.
1: So, what about my green smoothie, where I put <laughs> kale and uh, broccoli in, yeah, so, uh, which is frozen?
0: Okay, yeah. So that's fingers crossed for you, uh, mess. But uh, no, that, I have very that's, beautiful poop. Yeah, again, that's a, thank that's a good you, uh, sign. That's a good <laughs> sign. <laughs> so you're you're having a robust digestive system. You're producing enough stomach acid to break down the the, the plant matter. You are you have the digestive Enzymes to to also uh, break down the plant matter, so so that's uh, that's to me not a problem for you, no. but that's that's a lot of confusing about what is healthy for a sick individual and what is healthy for let's say a healthy yeah. individual. So many yeah. of the many of the studies done, for example, on on olive oil and the uh, the great benefits of omega three acids are done with healthy people and healthy people that are able to break down the fat emulsify the fat and take up the fat but when you have a compromised digestive system as I had as many people have then too much fat and especially oils are very bad for your digestive system so the classic the classic story from both the doctors and the nutritionists is that you need your omega-3s and especially it's anti-inflammatory to take the omega-3s. I agree when you're healthy, it's very good. But when you're compromised and cannot break it down, then you should rather take it out. So so as I did on a low-fat, vegan, gluten-free diet. So I removed all that was difficult to digest and then basically Basically, I ate like my, my daughter, and she's one and a half years old. Mm. So a lot, of, a lot of cooked starches, buckwheat, quinoa, and a lot of leafy green vegetables. So very easy to chew and a lot of leafy
1: green vegetables. Mm. So the point about the difference on whether you're healthy or more healthy or whether you are really in a state where the body is not doing well. It's important to understand the difference on some of that lies. And that's Mm. also where it often goes wrong. Mm. And that's why it's so important that if you have some kind of disease like you did, to find the science and research done on that disease Mm. and what helps. Mm. And really find the people that has been through that journey and get some help. Yeah. But so the important thing is also you tried a lot of stuff. Some has worked and some hasn't worked. Mm. And I would really love to get more out about that because that is really part of the, the journey is not giving up, but trying different things. Like you tracked, yeah, you tracked a lot of stuff. I remember yeah. I saw a presentation about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, tra- I tracked, so I was, I was lucky in that sense that I had a lot of data from all the years of sickness. So I have a lot of data of my CRP and my... And CRP, my, what is that? Yeah, CRP is a, it's a measure of your systemic inflammation, So it's a protein in the inflammation cascade, and it tells you uh, the number, tells you uh, how much inflammation is in your body. So uh, the normal range for CRP is uh, around 0 to 10. And when my disease was worst, it was about 80, 90, around that number. So when I started my hardcore elimination diet, my CRP was around 80. And in 14 days, it was 10 when I measured two weeks after I, I began. So, And I could also feel it in my body. So, um,
1: And this is really key. Like 14 days, you can make a huge impact. That's where we see all of these miracles as well with Mark Hyman and other of the big functional medicine is that really changing your food and stuff like that can make a huge impact. Mm. And it's not just something that we make up. You actually have real data, blood data on uh, on those changes. Exactly. It is,
0: it is very um, important for me to have the data also to, to quantify my getting better because rheumatoid arthritis and inflammation, it's very difficult to see from the outside. So I can be in great pain, but no one could really tell. So also having the blood markers telling me that I was in the right direction. And also when I later on introduced uh, more advanced foods, then I could measure my CAP and then all the time make sure that my inflammation stayed low. Mm. And I wasn't too advantageous with the new introduction of foods and so on. So uh, but yeah I was also very surprised because I was I didn't actually think it would work. I did not think it yeah, but I, my energy was better, my my sleep was better, I had no real pain left, but it was also tough. So the first two days of an elimination diet is what you typically fast. You fast on water, you fast on bone broth, or you fast on some kind of vegetable juice. In my case, it was celery and cucumber juice for one and a half day, and then
1: you introduce
0: some... The leafy greens and the cooked starches.
1: So just a, a few words on elimination diet. A lot of the guests has talked about that. And if you haven't heard the other episodes, elimination diet is really where, where you try and take a lot of food away and then slowly reintroduce them. So you figure out what has a positive effect or negative effect on you. And the reason why it can be difficult is that some food sources is going to take several days before you actually see a reaction. Exactly. So, so the elimination diet is one way of trying to figure it out. There's also a blood test, the EGG four, which is supposed to help as well. Mm. But but most people go to the elimination diet. I know several people have been mm. very happy with the results from doing that.
0: Yeah, as it is really from my from my research and. What have helped people the most, the elimination diet, is the gold standard to eliminate these kind of inflammatory chronic diseases. But it can be very difficult to distinguish between which food did what and when. So it's very important that you have a spreadsheet or something like that where you you track what kind of food do I eat, what kind of food do I um, introduce... Uh, what kind of supplements did i take at what time how many in what dose so all these things you get a, a data and a sense of your how the body is doing mm.
1: so the elimination diet and what after that so that and was the first big step
0: that but... that was the introduction phase in the elimination diet so actually now for. Three or four years ago, I started the elimination diet. It's a still it's a work in progress. So I'm now at the advanced foods in the elimination diet.
1: What does that mean, the advanced food?
0: In my point of view, we can group different foods into different categories. So some foods are easy to digest and do not contain so many compounds that can irritate your gut system. So um, to start with, it's, it's mostly, um, let's say, carrots and celery and cucumber and all the grains without the gluten, the buckwheat, the quinoa, the millet and also rice. Preferably white rice in the beginning because the, the shelf on the brown rice can irritate the gut lining. Okay. So that's, of course, more nutrition because of uh, the B vitamins in the in the shelf of the the brown rice, but instead of not digesting the, the shelf, then instead you have to supplements with B vitamins, mm. for example. So there are different categories in foods, and I'm I'm at the, the late stage of the advanced foods. So that's olives, that's
1: uh, avocado. So yeah, avocado so, is that something a lot of people have troubles with?
0: Yeah, it, it will be. Yeah, okay. because because of the high fat content.
1: So that's often for someone that's been sick or also for a lot of healthy people?
0: That's for someone who's sick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So any healthy people should not have any problem with avocado. No. I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think so. But if you're, if you're not producing enough stomach acid, if you're not producing enough enzymes to break down the fat, then the fat will only uh, irritate the gut lining. studies have shown this. It's irritating to the gut lining. So, yeah.
1: Cool. So that's really important to note that people shouldn't get scared from eating avocados out there. No. (laughs) Avocados are normally really good for you and for most people. But if you do have these kind of diseases or autoimmune diseases, that's something to be aware of and try and see how your body reacts to it. Where if you're feeling perfectly healthy avocados is really good same as olive oil as you stated earlier as well
0: yeah knock yourself out yeah it's very good but also keep in mind that it's the quality of the food item so it's and also uh, the the quantity so be sure to eat organic avocados for example or uh, biodynamically grown avocados from a good soil and from a good with good nutrition to the plant that produced the avocado. So for me, it's not about the quantities of food. We can survive on restricted calories, restricted calorie intake, but it's the content of nutrients, it's the, it's the mineral profiles. That's the one that is important.
1: Hmm. So some key takeaways is really <coughs> you have some kind of disease, That's really hard and you might get a, there's nothing you can do. Try and find other people that actually have tried different things. The elimination diet can be a really good place to start. Mm. But really try and find what you call a protocol. So protocol is like a way of testing different things. That's what you found, if I remember it correctly. Exactly. You found a guy in Australia that had this protocol for testing different things. Yeah. So this interview is really good for if you know someone that has some kind of disease or you have it yourself that you can use some of this knowledge that you can't just replicate what Thomas did, but you can use some of the same principles. It's it's really figuring out your own path for like what works for you and what disease do you have.
0: Exactly. So so different food items will create different immune responses in different people. So you cannot take just my elimination protocol or, or journey and just copy it to your own body. Because you will have different types of food. Maybe you will have very uh, difficulty digesting nuts or almonds. And you have to to soak them and ferment them, sprout them before you eat them. Or remove the shell. Some small tricks like that to make your food more digestible. Eating a lot of probiotics and prebiotics with your food so making sure you have some kind of fermented food also in your diet, if you're not histamine, if you not have a histamine problem.
1: And why is so, it fermentation is so good for food?
0: So you have your standard probiotics. It's a good bacteria in a capsule. But when you have the probiotics in a matrix, so in a food matrix, the gut bacteria will survive the stomach acid more easily. So they will get down to the small and the, the big intestine, where you need them to digest your food. So it's a digestive aid in your uh, in your journey. So I use miso paste. I use that a lot because it's also high in protein and it really tastes very good. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, fermented, uh, for example, sauerkraut or or something like that. Kimchi. Kimchi also, yeah. Very good. Just remember not to put too much chili, chili in it, because the chili can really um, irritate the the gut lining. Yeah. So uh, yeah.
1: <clears throat> Makes sense. What are some very concrete things that you're doing now, or that you've done throughout your journey?
0: So um, I've done a lot with my foods, but I think I think it's also mentally, uh, mentally. So I've done a lot with my um, with my mind with implementing meditation and some kind of breath work. And what uh, kind of meditation do you do? So I do guided meditation after lunch almost every day. Yeah. So this, when I have my lunch, I have a, a period of, of silence because this helps my body go into a a state, a not a sympathetic state, but a state that promotes digestion and that's very important. And also the actually I'm not so good at meditating. No. So I'm I'm much better at doing the, the breath work because I can actively do something and then take my mind off of the stuff that floats around. So And
1: what kind of breath work do you do? Wim Hof or
0: I do the Wim Hof uh, I do the every morning I I stand on my head, I do the the fire breath. So the, um, the 50 times I, I press the, the air out of my stomach and then I do a stomach vacuum. So I suck the stomach in, pressing all the digestive organs together and creating a, a blood flow to the, to the organs to promote digestive power. And then I don't eat until lunch.
1: You do intermittent fasting, right?
0: I do the intermittent fasting, yeah. I've done probably half a year of the OMAD, so one meal a day also. But now it's intermediate fasting. I need a bit more calories now than I
1: did back then. And a quick word on intermediate fasting is basically that you don't eat for, is it 16 hours?
0: Yeah, I would say it's 16 hours and you have an 8-hour window
1: when, where you can eat. So back in the days, that would be that you eat dinner early and then you skip your breakfast, which one in Denmark has been told is the most important. Yeah, exactly. day. <laughs> so that's uh, intermediate fasting. So if you've been on that way for many years, then you can say uh, you're a or health optimization uh, person doing that. But it actually has a lot of benefits. I'll do uh, an episode on, on fasting because... Yeah, yeah, you should,
0: yeah. It is the number one tool to getting rid of disease. It's fasting. But of course, you cannot find... Together fa- with the right food. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, of course. So when you have your fasting period, then of course, you have to introduce some good foods. If I recall one one study from the, the university in, uh, in Oslo, in Norway, they took 50 people and they split... The 50 people, they fasted for seven days. So for one week, then they took half of the people and put them on three and a half month of vegan diet and then nine and a half month of a vegetarian diet. The other group, they just ate a normal omnivorous diet with the meat and the milk and stuff like that. So one year later, when they compared the two group, the group that had the vegan and the vegetarian diet was significantly better in all the disease parameters than the group that had the the usual western diet and also they did they tested the microbiome of the people that were on the vegan diet and they could see they could correlate a so there was a correlation between how good that digestive bacteria was and their disease activity And this is the study, it's like, it's 20, 25 years old. But it's very confusing to me why no doctors would tell me about this. Of course, this is a small population, but remember, there's not much hope for for people in my situation. So this kind of information would have been very uh, appreciated. Yeah. And even if I could get 10% better or 20% better, I will be uh, I will be very happy about that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if we're
1: gonna do some uh, rapid fire questions with some of the stuff you're doing, hmm? you do uh, a lot of breathing. You do something with meditation, hmm. earthing, grounding.
0: Yeah, earthing. Yeah, I'm I'm the guy that walks on his bare feet from the from the S train station, from the train station to the work. So I'm walking out on the ditch of the road, and then uh, yeah.
1: There's an episode with Dasha where she talks more about it as well, and some of the science that shows that it actually has a positive effect. A lot of people that are into biohacking or the whole health optimization are really big fans of getting their bare feet out and touching some nature because it's something with your electric magnetic. How how does it work? Yeah, yeah You it's, have the better explanation.
0: Yeah, it's it's getting rid of uh, of the positive ions, so so you can you can get a antioxidant
1: effect of uh, of this you don't have to buy those blueberries you can just get no, it yourself. yeah you can
0: just but if you can combine them and then you have a much uh, much more potent uh, regimen yeah so uh, so it's uh, I think it's also it's also about the mindset and it's uh, nature really really heals there's a lot of japanese studies documenting how nature heals primarily depression and anxiety and but also inflammatory markers go down, so um, there are many uh, there are many good things to say about getting in touch with nature and how can I say rewilding yourself, getting back to to some of the practices that the human body has been used to for so many years, but have been neglected for, I would say the the last hundred years have been a um, have been a disaster for the, the human body, the human biology, the hormone balances. Yeah, we, we, we really live in an artificial world.
1: Unnatural hmm. world. Exactly. What are some other things you do? So
0: every morning I also, I try to get sun directly in my eyes. And when there's no sun, which in Denmark is it's very difficult to get in the winter, I have a, a device that, it shines light through my ears and to my uh, hypothalamus in my brain. So turning, turning on the biologic, biological system in the morning is very keen to getting a good sleep at night. So sleep is very important when you have the, the chronic inflammatory conditions because when you sleep, you heal, you get your, your hormone balances in check. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. And then I I do I do a lot of ice uh, ice immersion also.
1: Yeah. Cold showers.
0: Cold shower every morning. Yeah.
1: And just for people that have been listening to all of the episodes, you'll start to see there's a lot of things coming again and again that people are doing. <laughs> it's because that is it's something that's working and that's that we actually do have some science behind it. For example, the cold showers, the breathing. Getting out early and getting that sun in the morning—I mm. think four or five guests or more have talked about that on uh, on some of these episodes as well, because it really has a big impact.
0: Exactly. There's a there's a few things that have a lot of impact, and then there's just the small things. So I'm I'm also I'm also into uh, essential oils and that that world, and also the yoga. The I've done a lot of Bikram yoga, mm. so the hot yoga. Because you have to exercise also. And that's uh, the food is the most important, but the exercise is just is just
1: behind that. Yeah. Because you have to sweat every day. You have to... Um... And when you sweat, that's also because you get rid of toxins, right?
0: Exactly, yeah. So it's a detox uh, system, yeah. yeah. So I've also, also used a lot of and still do a lot of infrared saunas. So, yeah, that's, uh, and still do some infrared pads on yeah. some of my problematic joints. Yeah. So I bought some some uh, custom-made uh, infrared pads for my, for my knees, for example. Yeah. So I don't have to drag my body to the infrared sauna every time I, that <laughs> I sounds need smart. it.
1: So. And it can be hard to have an infrared sauna in, uh, in a living room. <laughs> yeah, in your apartment, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then juice? We're gonna do another episode as well where we go deep into juice, but mm. a few words on on that why you started that company and what it does for the body and how you've used it in your regime to uh, to get better.
0: Mm. Yeah, so so juice is it's an amazing thing if it's done right, if it's uh, used in the in a correct way. So what I unfortunately see many many places is that. The juices that people make are so sugary that they are comparable to soft drinks like Coca-Cola or, or something like that. So it's very important when you have a a chronic inflammatory disease that you you don't juice fruits. When you juice the fruit, you take out the fiber and you take you take the opportunity for the body to digest the fruit and the fructose the sugar in the fruit in its natural matrix so we are used to eating a fruit and getting the fructose uh, of course in the body and that's that's fine many of the fruits can be healing to the digestive system so mangoes and papayas and pineapple pineapple contains a enzyme called bromelain and papaya also have a enzyme that helps break down proteins, so many of these fruits can strategically be used to also help in the healing aid. But please, in the beginning, just juice vegetables. So cucumber and celery is my favorites. And then you can add a little bit of lime, if you like the if you like the taste. But keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, and remember that in beetroots and in uh, carrots, when you juice them, actually the sugar impact is very high. Okay. So remember that when you're, uh, when you're juicing.
1: Yeah. So as I said as well, we'll do an episode where we just go deep into juice, super fast, like what to do and what not to do and, uh, and uh, the quick tips. Mm-hmm. But That's also like you do a, a special juice that's being pressed in a very specific way and uh, the mix is really a, a chemist pharmacists <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> looking into uh, to making the best use.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. It's formulated in the right way, in every possible way, to secure the, the bioavailability of the antioxidants and uh, to not pasteurize and to, to keep the nutrients for as long as
1: possible. Yeah. Cool. Any last thoughts, recommendations and so on for uh, for people listening? It's your own journey.
0: So... You really have to take responsibility for this journey. I did myself, and I see too many people outsourcing their health to healthcare professionals and just, just expecting them to pick up the ball and run with their disease. But this is, um, this is a loser's game every time. So you really have to take responsibility for your own health and you have to have the support of the loved ones. So that is very important. And remember, it's a journey. So there will be bumps. And there will be times when you think, oh my God, well, what am I doing? How do I need to, to move on from this? But you will move on and you will, you will conquer what you set your mind to.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, so really finding that support. System as well, and people where you can share your experiences with. Exactly. Awesome. Perfect. And so for you listening out there, before we end off, we actually have that you can win a prize. So if you share this episode and send me a picture of you sharing it on Instagram, I'll put that in the show notes. It can be that you share it directly with a message, that you share it on your wall or something else. Um, someone will win either a liter of the special juice if you're in Copenhagen, or it can be a consultation with Thomas where if you've been thinking, like, this sounds a bit complicated. How can we make it more simple? Then uh, Thomas will uh, will do a Skype. So uh, make sure to send me a message once you share it. And thank you so much, Thomas, for, uh, for taking the time <laughs> and sharing your journey. Thank I you, I know we could talk for so many more hours. <laughs> yeah, we could. And uh, <laughs> we've, we also do that once in a while. But this was kind of the, the short version. So you can also, where can people find you and follow you?
0: Yeah, so I have a, I have an Instagram called uh, Chronisk Rask.
1: We'll so make a uh, link in the show notes as well. Yeah, as well.
0: perfect. Yeah, so that mm-hmm. that's where I share share some photos and some uh,
1: some uh, some good tips about the the process. Yes, yeah. that's a really good Instagram profile to follow as well to get some inspiration as well in, in Thomas's journey. So thank you so much for listening and uh, have a wonderful day.